0: Welcome to ISA's Arbor Views podcast, a series bringing you conversations with researchers and tree care experts about current issues in arboriculture. I'm Philip Van Wasner, your host on this episode of Arbor Views. I'm joined now by Melissa Levanji. Melissa is an owner and operator of the arboricultural consulting firm Trees New England, based in central Massachusetts. She's an ISA certified tree worker, certified arborist, and a certified tree care safety professional. Today, we'll be talking about hunting Asian longhorn beetles from a climber's perspective. So, Melissa, welcome to Toronto and thanks for coming to the
1: interview. Thank you for having me.
0: I think we should start from the basics. Some of our (laughs) listeners may have not had uh, the unfortunate experience of having Asian longhorn beetles around them. So, can you just tell us how do Asian longhorn beetles affect trees?
1: Sure. Asian longhorn beetle affects trees by slowly killing them. They infest the tree by creating egg sites, uh, overposition sites, and the larvae develop inside the wood, and they enter and exit the outer cambium layer on a continual basis, and then eventually merge as an entire beetle. Um, And unfortunately, slash fortunately, they're not good flyers, so they stay put on one tree for quite some time within generations, uh, depending on the size and the vitality of the tree, and then eventually kill the tree, and then they'll move on to another host. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a yeah, it's a pretty significant effect uh, from from what I experienced. Not only will it can it physiologically kill the tree, but it can also render them hazardous because they're so riddled with with um, galleries from, from the rather large beetles. Yeah.
1: and that gallery being inside the wood too. From an arborist perspective or a climber's perspective, uh, it actually puts them potentially at harm if if the individuals aren't necessarily very mindful of their tie-in points and uh, anchor points.
0: So what are some of the signs and symptoms of a tree with Asian longhorn beetles that a climber might be looking for?
1: Sure. Uh, When approaching a tree, one of the things that we typically do is we always take uh, overall tree health into account as we're looking at the tree. So oftentimes we're naturally just picking up either chlorosis on trees, chlorotic material. We're looking at uh, signs of dieback, whether that's natural or insect-related or storm-related. So we're looking at damaged wood, dying wood. We're looking at uh, lower growth areas within the tree. And while we're doing that, we're also, hopefully most of us as arborists, we're also thinking about what are those causes and how that may or may not affect just me evaluating the tree, but also if I'm to climb the tree, how that's going to make my decisions about how I move in the tree, get into the access point, and then create my work plan.
0: So. uh, increasingly when these infestations are happening part of the protocol is to have climbers involved to actually get up in the trees and look for them mm-hmm. because it's hard oftentimes in the early stages to see them. Mm-hmm. So what kind of strategies uh, can you recommend to our ar- arborists who are, are engaged in inspecting trees for Asian long-term beetle?
1: Sure, uh, well simply and if I can add on a little bit more to the signs aspect of it, it's not just looking for all that decline but Specifically with Asian longhorn beetle, if if the infestation has been great, it's been there for quite some time, you're going to see significant dieback. And just as an arborist, your little antenna is going to go up and say, something's wrong here. And then you'll automatically be looking for exit holes or, or large woodpecker infestations. And that should really draw your eye into something that's very amiss or very wrong. Um, And then as we get into the tree, from a a climbing perspective, you really want to be, of course, thinking again about your own personal safety. But as you get into the tree, what we're also going to be looking for, again, the the big thing that you'll see is the exit holes, is they're just so obvious when you see them. And a number two pencil will go directly back into the wood. And if you see that, then you're immediately going to start looking for galleries, which, if they're exposed... Uh, you will see C shaped gallery, truly uh, in the letter of a, of a large capital C. And then you'll be looking for frass, which will be long, stringy um, material, digestive material from the insect. And that may or may not be obvious either at the gallery, but oftentimes if the tree is highly infested, that, that frass will dribble down or kind of float down into the lower parts of the branches. So you might all of a sudden be climbing from the ground and see a little bit of stringy frass and think, is there a carpenter ants going on here? But then you realize it's much more stringy, long, not powdery. And then you'll advance into the tree, and you might see a little bit more. So in highly infested trees, you're actually going to be seeing that frass quite a bit, just dribbled and pocketed onto crotches and branch unions and all that. Um, and then, if you again, if the tree is highly infested, you're also going to start to see a significant number of egg sites. And once you train your eye into seeing an egg site, uh, depending on the species. They are very obvious, uh, again, if the tree is highly infested. Now if the tree is not highly infested, from a climber's perspective, some of the things that I'll be looking for is from about 1 inch wood to about 3 to 4 inch wood, that tends to be from our, from our and I speak our because I work with other people, but from our experience it tends to be where the highly concentrated areas of infested wood is within a tree. Now, species-specific, some, some of the Asian longhorn beetles, depending on the tree that they're in, they tend to infest different areas of the wood. So we're looking at the outer branches, we're looking at the undersides of branches, we're looking on the sides of branches, and, um, and those are some of the key points. When we're in different species of wood, uh, in particular uh, silver maple, we're looking at the upper part of bark where it's smoother and easier to, to basically create an egg site an overposition site because the beetle frankly is lazy doesn't want to do more work than it has to it only has 60 to 90 days to live to do its job to, to recreate its population so those are some of the things that we're looking for in that way okay mm-hmm.
0: now you mentioned uh, somewhere in there was uh, you mentioned woodpeckers and I know why we're looking for woodpecker damage, but what? why would woodpecker damage be of interest and why would they be there?
1: Sure. Uh, woodpeckers, for us, uh, they <coughs> tend to be a telltale sign because, again, Asian longhorn beetle has wonderfully large larvae, probably the size of your thumb, maybe a little bit bigger depending on the instar. And so what happens is that larva just, pretend, just provides a really wonderful protein snack for a woodpecker. And they're very smart critters. So they often will, just by nature of what they do, is they're looking for insect infestations to feed themselves and their, their offspring as well. So when we see a high uh, infestation of woodpecker damage, we're automatically attuning our eyes to see that and look just for signs of ALB. So we're looking for, potentially, they'd be going after the exit hole or right around there because there might be another egg site and undeveloped larva for that. So for our eyes, we're, we're really focused in on that.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting. I asked the question because we, in Toronto, we were discussing a little earlier before the interview that Toronto has um, declared eradication of ALB. However, we have the next infestation, which is EAB, and the woodpecker damage is actually one of the best indicators of an infestation in the tree because all the other signs and symptoms. Uh, can be very tricky and can be confounded by other aspects of, of ash dieback and health. But those woodpecker damage and on the ash, they pull away the bark, and you can very clearly see it. And it just it's a it's a very telltale sign. So, um, so from the perspective of control uh, or or uh, eradication, maybe how do you th- how are climbers helping to help stop Asian longhorn beetle?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, similarly to woodpeckers, they find ALB damage much quicker than us because they have an aerial perspective. And honestly, I feel like we should be able to have interviews with them and just bring them on staff. That would be fabulous. Just train them. (laughs) But uh, kidding aside, um, climbers are very effective because of our aerial perspective. Ground survey staff is extremely important to a program for finding mass infestations and finding mass detection opportunities. Uh, being on the ground, if you're using binoculars, you only can see a very small percentage of the tree, especially if the tree is in leaf. And as we know, within the Northeast, uh, well, we have a lot of deciduous trees, and that is a lot of the host. All of the hosts are deciduous trees, but. Those particular species in in favor of ALB tend to be maple for the predominant species. And from that perspective, uh, looking through binoculars is very difficult. You only could see so much not only in height of the tree, but you only are very limited at angle, direction, um, sunlight, uh, light of day, time of day, all of those affect your ability. So from a climber's perspective, we can get out all the way to the tippity tops of trees within reason, and then also out to about one inch diameter wood if the tree allows us within its uh, morphology, its height, its its opportunity for branch angles. So from our perspective, we can find and detect much greater uh, levels of ALB if it is in the tree than a ground surveyor or a person on the ground with binoculars could.
0: I know in Toronto, when uh, during the inspection process, that it was integral to have teams of climbers up in the trees. Yes. So once the, the beetle has been identified in a neighborhood, uh, what are some of the methods that have been used to try and um, exert control over it?
1: Sure. So for us, um, there, and with all the programs who are cities in, in uh, different areas that have Asian longhorn beetle, one of the control methods, uh, I should say, monitoring uh, tools that we have is we have traps. And they're very similar to the purple traps that t- most people tend to see first for EAB mm-hmm. because they're purple, so it st- stands out to people's minds. But ours are black, and we have a pheromone in the c- in center of that trap, and that tends to be, again, a monitoring tool for us. So we might find a beetle in an area or a neighborhood within the quarantined area, um, but we might not know that there are positive trees there. So if we find a beetle, what we typically do is we uh, would then go out and as a, in terms of a survey gra- uh, team, And we would survey that area to try to find something within typically an eighth uh, mile buffer, if you will, a concentric circle on the outside of that. From there, if we were to uh, identify a positive tree, the climbing team, a climbing team would be then administered to that area. And then we would start our climbing uh, inspection and hopefully that we would find some sort of um, origin of where that beetle came from so in when we do find a tree positive that tree is then um, recorded within gps and in a database and then shared with many different people and then the tree is eventually then removed so there's there's no question if the tree is identified as positive the tree is removed
0: very good and and people are uh, working with quarantine zones uh, often with these types of uh, infestations because they want to restrict The movement of wood. So how have you seen that utilized in in your experience with Asian
1: longhorn beetle? The quarantine zone uh, is incredibly important for public education for not only people that live in the quarantine area but also for the people coming to visit or traveling through and there are many different ways that that information is dispersed. I think the government does a fairly good job at trying to get that very critical information out to a very large population And many different people uh, receive data in a different way, whether it's written data, whether it's uh, social media, whether it's uh, just by word of mouth, whether it's by newspaper, what have you that information needs to spread. Additionally, more so, specifically, I think, for folks who either receive, buy firewood or you know harvest their own, I think that is also the market that we need to share. And there are regulatory um, divisions, if you will, that are specifically earmarked, and that's their task, is to make sure that people know that there's a quarantine zone and that wood cannot be moved in or out of, excuse me, host material cannot be moved in or out of that quarantine zone. Very, very important. Um, The beetle is a relatively weak flyer. It doesn't really prefer to fly more than a mile, but as we all know, wind definitely has an effect to pick people up and insects up and move them (laughs) by wind. So we have to be mindful of that, but usually the um, movement of ALB tends to be uh, people, unfortunately, not necessarily that the beetle is very active, so...
0: Yeah. So, in the introduction, we mentioned that you're from Massachusetts, and I understand that one of the uh, bigger current infestation is in Worcester. Is, is that where you've gained most of this experience, or...?
1: Yes, um, I have the, uh, had the wonderful experience of being able to work with APHIS USDA as a climber for the program. And it has been a really great learning experience, not only working for the government, but then also working with a team of professionals from all over uh, the New England area, but then on the greater broad for the management team, tends to be all over the United States that comes in on different programs. So my personal experience by working for the government has been very, very good. And um, myself personally, I felt that it was my responsibility as an arborist in the Northeast to put my own business needs aside and help the quote-unquote what I think of as a Dutch elm disease of our era. I think Asian longhorn beetle is a significant... threat to our northeast forest, understanding the the makeup and the um, popu- population density of our forest types, that we have to stop Asian longhorn beetle where it is if we can. And I believe that we can. And we have really great educated staff with a lot of experience that allows us to do that. And for me, even though I'm considered just a climber, I feel it's really important because I feel like my role is integral part to detecting and stopping Asian longhorn beetle.
0: Well, thank you very much for all this information, and we really hope actually for in Canada that you do have good success there, because one of the worries is that the sugar maple forest is basically continuous from there to here, and in this part of the world, we can't lose our sugar maple, because then we lose our maple syrup. So, oh, amen to that. <laughs> thank you very much for coming in today, and it was a pleasure to meet you and speak with you.
1: Well, thank you for asking me. It was a real pleasure to speak with you.